Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. It's me, Jesse. Happy Labor Day. Um, I guess I'm saying that because I'm recording this on Labor Day. I hope you're not listening to this on Labor Day. You should be out doing fun stuff with your friends and family. Uh, but if you're not, you're listening to this. Glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Um, on the front end, I just want to say that I'm, I'm dealing with some issues on my end with the podcast. I've received several complaints over the past couple months that my episodes are just cutting off at the very end. They just kind of like stop abruptly before uh, the end is actually supposed to be there. And I've had enough of those complaints. I'm trying to uh, get this podcast hosted on a different website. So hopefully that fixes my problem. If not, then I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, if Well, I guess if it's not the hosting website, it's the, the app that I record on. Maybe it's just doing a bad job. So we'll, we'll see what it is. So hopefully this is the first episode that goes up on the new one and we'll see what it does. Um, so bear with me as I'm dealing with that. It's going to be a pain in the neck, but you got to do what you got to do. Um, longtime listeners of the podcast will recall an episode that I did a couple months ago where I proposed a method to fix baseball, where I basically say, let's just hop on the promotion relegation train the way that, you know, soccer in Europe does. And one of the things that I said would benefit American sports by accepting that model is that we, is that we would lose the draft. And I said, that would be a good thing. Uh, I've had some thoughts over the past couple weeks about that in particular, about uh, the draft, the drafting process. Um, and I guess I just want to talk about it. See, it's been on my mind. I need something to talk about. This is what we're going to do, baby. Rock on. Um, so let's start with a couple things. Uh, on Thursday, this coming Thursday, September 9th, um, the NFL regular season is going to start which means that if you're playing fantasy football, you have already or will very soon be doing a fantasy football draft. Um, I did that twice this past week, once with uh, a league with a bunch of guys from work and then one that a league that a guy from church set up with a bunch of his friends and family. Uh, so I've done two fantasy football drafts this past week. And that's been kind of sparked my thoughts about the draft. Um, Preparing for a fantasy football draft is a lot of fun. Uh, for one thing, I, I plan to watch no football this year, so uh, I'm not the guy to ask for advice. But I did enjoy it because the draft offers some really fun strategic problems that you need to solve. Uh, the way that you want to set up your team and the, the places where you'd like to pick certain people. It's, it's very fun, honestly. Um, it just, it sets up some really fun strategic problems for you to deal with. Um, it's, it's kind of like a chess game in a way where you're in, you're in a spot and you say, I'd like to draft this person, but, uh, do I take him now and risk not getting someone as good this time? Or do I take someone better now? And then maybe the guy that I want isn't there next time I get a pick, um, which sounds really complicated, but it's really not. Um, it's very, it's it's challenging, it's entertaining, it's it's kind of just a big fun logic puzzle, and and I can see from like a general manager's perspective in major American sports that that would be entertaining, it would be fun, 
every year you get a brand new draft board and you know when you get to when you have your picks and you try to figure out what you need versus what's available and then and then in real sports you've got the option of trying to trade draft picks to get a better spot um it, it's very neat from like a strategic managing perspective um i still don't think it's what's best for sports and i stand by that and that's based on really uh two big things that have happened in in soccer the past couple weeks kind of a big kind of big picture stuff um and i'm going to tell you why i think it's a good thing um we're going to talk about the two best soccer players in the world uh, even if you don't know much about soccer, these are two names that I'm almost for sure that you've heard just because they are that big of a deal just culturally. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Um, both of those players over this previous transfer window have switched teams, which is a big deal because they are the two best players in the world. They are worth millions of dollars and they are worth a lot of goals for each of their clubs. Um, it's a very, very big deal. Uh, first, let's talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, just a brief history, he grew up at the Manchester United Academy, made his debut there as like a 16-year-old or something, and played there for a while and then moved to Spain, where he played at Real Madrid, where a couple years ago, maybe four years ago or so, he, he moved to Italy to play at Juventus. Um... This is important because Cristiano Ronaldo is the all-time leading scorer in international games. He plays, He's Portuguese, so he plays for Portugal. And I think he was the first player to ever score 100 goals in both the Premier League, Spanish's La Liga, and Italy's League One. Uh, so he is a prolific goal scorer. He's very, very good. And very recently... He just made a transfer back to Man to Manchester United in England. Uh, this is a big deal. He's, I'm going to call him the second best player in the world. And he took a move to a new team. Um, and the reason I find this interesting is because I'm a Watford fan, which I guess if my podcasts are cutting out at the end, you maybe don't know that. But I'm a Watford fan who play in the Premier League, and they're a small club. Um, and now... <laughs> Hearing that news, I have to think, man, twice this season, two times, uh, Watford are going to have to play against Cristiano Ronaldo. And that is going to be rough. That's going to be hard. Because we're Watford, and they're Manchester United. It's almost unfair anyways. And you add Cristiano Ronaldo to the mix, and it just becomes this big thing. And I'm thinking about it, and it's like, okay, if Cristiano Ronaldo is going to switch teams, there's no chance in the world that he's coming to play at Watford. None. Not even in the twilight years of his career is he going to come to a club like Watford. And the only way in the world this could ever happen is if a draft was put in place. But I don't think that would work. I, I think that is not good for the sport of soccer because what it does mean from a managerial perspective is that you have even a, an even greater strategic game to play. Because when you think about it, let's go back to America. Let's say you are a general manager for the Kansas City Chiefs. Every single year, you have draft picks. 
and every single year a brand new class of college athletes are coming and you don't have to work for that nothing that you do as the general manager of the kansas city chiefs brings the draft picks brings the draft class to you that is just presented to you on a silver platter from college football i mean really you you have nothing to do with the players that you are able to draft now you get to choose who you draft and when you draft them that's obviously the game but you have no work to do as far as getting those players to you now in europe if you are, say, the manager of Watford Football Club, all the players that you have any ability or any interest in signing, you have to do the legwork for. You have to go scout the players. You have to go watch their games, watch the game film, speak to their agent. You have to do all of this work. Or you have to try to build them up through your training academy, which is even harder because you're taking gambles on kids. But either way, all the players that end up on your roster, players that end up signing a contract with Watford Football Club are players that you had to work for. They weren't presented to you on a silver platter. You had to go looking for them, and then you had to make the deal work. It's a much more interesting process. It is a lot more uh, strategically involved. I think it's much more interesting from a managerial perspective. Now, I understand that as for the fans, it's a lot less involved because... Because the draft class doesn't exist, you as a Watford fan, I don't get to sit there and say, well, why didn't they pick that guy? Well, because I'm not a scout. I don't know who all is available. I don't know who's being looked at. And so it's kind of, I guess as a, as a soccer fan, as a Watford fan, I, I could sit back and be like, oh, cool, that's who we got. And I don't know anything about him because I've, I've never heard of him or I've never seen him play. Uh, it's... So it's less involved for the fans, but much more involved for the management. And I think that's ultimately the goal. Is as, as a fan, it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I have no say in who gets picked anyway. So you might as well let, you know, the guy that the club is paying actually do the work. So I just from that perspective, all because those all started because Cristiano Ronaldo decided to come back to Manchester United. Um, I'm thinking that. You know, Watford would never get that chance without the draft, but the draft is less interesting. And I stand by that. But I think the bigger point, the bigger story to tell, uh, revolves around Lionel Messi. Uh, Messi is a different story. He grew up and played through FC Barcelona's academy from the time he was a kid. He was like 10 years old. And he played all the way through their academy, made his professional debut at like 16 or something crazy, and has been playing there his entire career. He's been there forever. And he just recently made a move to the French side Paris Saint-Germain, PSG for short. But that move was not voluntary. He did not say, I want out of Barcelona. He actually really wanted to stay. He tried really hard to stay. But... It just wasn't in the cards. It just wasn't going to happen. And there's a reason for this. And this is because FC Barcelona is a poorly ran club, which is kind of surprising for a club that has the best player in the world, has won a lot of trophies, and spends a lot of its time in the Champions League, which is the league for the best teams in Europe. 
um, they are very poorly managed. And I'm going to give you a brief rundown. Uh, they got the best player in the world, Lionel Messi. He is worth a lot of money. And because of that, they have to pay him a lot of money. And his contract was coming up on expiring. His, his contract was almost up. And there was no plan at FC Barcelona to keep him. They, they did not have the money. They did not have the plan in the future to keep him because they were trying to build around him. So let's let's get Messi some guys to play with. Let's let's get a supporting cast. Well, we want a good supporting cast. We're gonna have to pay better players. We have to pay him a lot of money. And by the time Messi's contract came due, there was no money in the budget. They they couldn't pay him what he was worth and what he was asking for. And and Messi eventually had had to leave because the club couldn't pay him. There was no money there. And it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. As a fan, you can sit there and look at that and say, how in the world, how in the world does, does a club as rich as Barcelona have the best player in the world and say, we have no future plan at all to retain this player? It's, it's just complete lunacy. Like, they completely blundered the best player in the world. They just gave him away because they, they didn't plan on it. Now, let's assume this happened in America. Uh, they give away their best player because of this. Their team is not very good. They lose a lot of games. They get a top draft pick coming the next year. That team does not deserve it. If the draft existed in European sports, FC Barcelona would not deserve a draft spot because they, a very rich team with that should have good management because they are very rich and because they are very successful. So you'd think there's someone there with half a brain. Um, they would not deserve a draft spot because they prove that they cannot manage their team. They they don't have the foresight to plan to pay the players that are already on their contract. Why would they deserve a second shot at another great player? They don't. They don't deserve it. You made the mistake. you got to pay for it. And I think, I think it's it's I mean it's free market capitalism at at its finest, because when you think about it, the draft is kind of like government handouts, and I mean just bear with me. That, that sounds ridiculous, but go back to that idea that I, I brought up earlier, where if if you're the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't have to do anything to get the draft prospects to sign up for the draft. Like you, you don't have to do any of that work. They just come to you, and then you get to pick. Like that's there, there's no work that is done by the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, in a way that that is like, you know, the government, the the NFL, the league is saying, here are players for free that you didn't have to do any work to get them here. You get to pick which one you want. And. They're just bailing you out. The league is just saying, you were bad, you can have the first pick. Not, you were bad, deal with it, fix your problem. And, and I think that's that's the beauty of it in Europe, is that you have a team that is poorly ran, and they have to pay for their problems. If you lose a bunch of games and you get relegated, that's your own fault. Sorry. Like, 
we're not here to bail you out and fix your problems. I find that really compelling and much more interesting than the way that the draft works. Sure, it's fun for fantasy football. It, it It's fun for fans to sit and watch, but it, it is not the best way. And, and I stand by that. I think that Major League Baseball should hang up the cleats on the old uh, on the old model that they got throughout the draft and and let teams get relegated. Let them pay for their mistakes and their poor management and their losing. I think that's what should happen. It'd be much more fun to watch. And I did a whole episode on this, so you, you get my statement. But I, I stand by what I said about the draft despite having some fun preparing for an NFL fantasy draft. Um, my thoughts have not changed. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Uh, it's very entertaining. But uh, let's go. this is the fun stuff at the end that I know you stick around for. You, you don't really care about soccer. You want to hear about the best movie I watched this past two weeks, because it's been two weeks since I put out an episode. Um, by far. Without a doubt, it is uh, the film Silence. It was 2016 film directed by Martin Scorsese. It's available on Hulu. Watch it. Watch it. It is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's so, so, so good. Um, and I'm giving you a week to watch this because the plan is that for this week, Matt and I are going to hop on the podcast and discuss the film. So you've got a week to sit and watch it. And then next week you can hear our thoughts. Um, assuming I can get the the podcast stuff figured out. If not, <gasps> you'll get it eventually. Um, but anyways, this film was fantastic. It's, it's about uh, Christian missionaries looking for their teacher in Japan. It takes place in the 1640s, back when Christianity was illegal in Japan. And it's about the persecution of the Christians there. Um if you're a non-Christian and you watch this, you're like, oh, cool, it's a movie about the resiliency of the human spirit. And it's like, yeah, sure, I guess. But as a Christian, you sit down and you watch this movie, and it just holds a mirror up to your face and says, where are you at? Where, where, how, how strong is your faith, man? And it is deep and powerful. It is interesting. It, it's got some great biblical imagery. And I've not been able to stop thinking about it the past five or six days it's so so good it's phenomenal it's shot really well so it's visually very appealing to watch the acting is great the story is loosely based on a true story it's so so good please go watch this movie so that you can sit and listen to matt and i discuss it i'm very excited to to talk about it um silence by far the best movie i've seen this past two weeks. Um, in Watford news, so two weeks ago, uh, Watford played a match against Tottenham Hotspur, um, currently the number one team in the Premier League. Uh, I was very nervous about this game, especially coming off the match against Brighton. Going down 2-0 to them, I, I thought we were going to get completely obliterated by Tottenham, and we didn't. Uh, we still lost, which is really disappointing. But we got some of our midfield back, so we had a lot more of a, of a solid midfield. But I was really impressed by our defense. Tottenham is the team that can attack you with three or four different players that could eat you alive. 
and we didn't let them. I mean, really. Um, we ended up losing 1-0, and, and unfortunately that first goal came in like the 42nd minute, I mean, right before halftime. It was a long free kick, um, and it looked like it was being swung in to be attacked by another player. It was, you know, almost like a corner kick. You're going to swing it in and let another guy get his foot on it, his head on it. And so our goalkeeper saw it, thought that was what's going to happen, backed off, and just kind of bounced into the, the bottom corner, um, which is ultimately, I mean, I can understand why it happened from the goalkeeper's perspective, but I think as the, as the keeper, your instinct should be to go for the ball first. But after that, we never really created much of a great counterattacking position. We, ne- we never really got, we had some good looks, but nothing we could convert on. So we lost 1-0, but I think it's a really encouraging loss because, um, you know, we didn't let Harry Kane score on us. We didn't let Deli Alley tear us apart. We, we, we held it together. We played defense. And we didn't let them score on us offensively. We lost on a set piece. We, we, it's a part of our defense that has not worked. We've been scored on twice on set pieces. So we got to work on that, but... Ultimately, I think it's really encouraging. If we can play like that for the rest of the season, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll stay up. I think everything will will go really well if we can play that kind of defense and then create chances on the counterattack. I'd say we have a really great shot at most teams. So encouraging loss, not what you want to see. We also played a match in the FA Cup. Well, it's the Carabao Cup, sorry. But we played Crystal Palace, another... Premier League team, another side that is at a risk this season of being relegated along with Watford. So we we played them. We played some of the guys that haven't been playing too many minutes, giving them some time, not in the Premier League. We ended up winning 1-0, which is exciting. You know, get some players some, some action, get them warmed up, showed that we can play against a Premier League side and win, which we haven't seen since week one. But this weekend... This past weekend was the international break. So, you know, the United States national team, they they were playing some World Cup qualifying matches. So there were no Premier League matches. Uh, as of today, we're still sitting 12th at the table, three points, and a negative one, negative two goal differential. That's okay. Um, this coming week, we have Wolves on Saturday, Wolverhampton Wanderers. So hopefully we can get... We can score some points. We, we need a draw or a win. I think this is a match that we should win. So we'll see how it goes. But like I said, encouraging stuff. Go Watford. Um, that's all I've got. So thank you guys for listening. Again, please bear with me as I try to figure out this podcast stuff. It's really driving me nuts, but we'll get it solved one way or another. Thank you for listening. If you love the podcast, share it with someone you love. And if you hate it, share it with someone you hate. And until next week, courage.